Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, what's up, buddy? Not too much, Casey. Um, they finish with beans maybe tomorrow. So. Well, there you go, man. Then summer vacation starts, right? You take the rest of that right. summer off. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. So last week we touched on a little bit of if you were going to get out of farming and you're going to sell off all your stuff and move to town, what that would look like. And you brought up a, 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 yeah. a tool here you can use called Farm Income Averaging. Farm Income Averaging, yeah. So, you know, I think in future podcasts we'll talk about other other techniques, you know, if you're getting out of farming because there's, there's several different ones. But today we're just going to focus on Farm Income Averaging. And basically this is something that's available, you know, just to farmers, also fishermen. So it's, it's pretty unique. But basically it says, you know, if I sell out in 2018, right, I'm a farmer, you might think, well, I've got to pay tax, you know, based on the 2018 tax rates, whatever they are. Well, actually, you can use this farming averaging rule. It's an election. You don't have to do it. You know, if it saves you money, obviously you're going to do it. So it's an election to take the income in 2018 if it's farming income, and you basically divide it by three, and you put it you basically get it taxed at the three prior years. So if, if we're talking 2018, you would take take it back to 2015, a third of it, 2016, a third of it, and 2017, a third of it. So if you're in a lower tax bracket in those prior three years, it would save you, save you tax. So it's pretty unique. Um, now, one thing, Casey, is you know tax reform you know, passed last December. Generally speaking, tax rates are lower in 2018 as a general rule. So, so typically it may not make sense to do it, but it, it, in this, the situation that it probably for sure is going to make sense is if you are getting out of farm, you know, you're selling all of your equipment, your grain. So it's, it's a pretty nice thing to be able to use prior to tax rates that are hopefully lower than your current rates. Okay. So if that would be, so I, that was my question I was going to ask you with the new tax rates and, and, and how that works. Is it beneficial to do it all in one year or should you, definitely go back to the three-year period or is it just a, a individually based thing yeah so it, it's not super flexible you basically if you're gonna elect you know hey i'm gonna elect a you know hundred twenty thousand dollars of farm income you know to be subject to this farm income average and you have to put forty thousand dollars in three years ago forty thousand dollars two years ago forty thousand dollars one year ago so you can't really pick and choose how it works but um it is it is an election so um you know, as far as tax brackets, though, Casey, uh, generally speaking, um, in 2017, it was about $75,000 of income. That was a key break point, taxable income of 75000 And you went from a 15% bracket if you're below that to a 25% bracket if you're above that. So that's a 10% you know, difference. So a lot of times you try to watch that, right? Hey, do I want to be over this $75,000 in taxable income? So again, that was a 25% rate. Now... Roughly in 2018, it's about 77,000, so it's about the same number. But the top, it goes from 12% to 22%. So it's still 10 extra points. But it, you know, bottom line is it's only a 22% rate in 2018, and it was a 25% rate in 2017. So that's that clearly shows you know, hey, there are lower tax rates. So again, farm income averaging probably not going to be used a whole lot if you're just you know, ongoing in farming, but if you're going to be selling out and have a, a big income in one year, it's definitely something you'd want to use and consider. So would this be, for example, like last week we were talking about the, the first $24,000 <clears throat> of income, 
Yeah. Deal. Would that count into this? So if you had one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars worth of income, that first you basically be taxable at a hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. So that seventy-five thousand rough number. We're talking about a hundred thousand dollars of what we call adjusted gross income, which is what most people think of their income. So. You know, if you, if you make, basically, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, Hey, I'm only going to be taxed on about $75,000 in income. And that's going to be that, you know, lower rate. So it's, it's still, a you know, it's again, it's only uh, 12%, you know, if I'm at 77,000 taxable income, that's only 12% rate. So right. it's pretty nice because that's really more like a hundred thousand, 102 or whatever. Right. So. Um, now the types of income that it qualifies, um, it's really, mo- it's, you know, it's, again, it's gotta be farming related. It cannot be, I checked this out. It cannot be like a custom harvesting operation, right? It, you know, you've really gotta be engaged in actually farming. Um, but you know, grain sales count, equipment sales, you know, gains on sales of equipment, you know, so again, if you're selling out at auction or something, you know, that would be eligible. The one thing that's not eligible is land sales. So if you have gains on sale of land, uh, that is not farm income, you know, eligible to be farm income average. So, but the two biggest ones are equipment sales and just, you know, your final year grain sales. Those, those are eligible to be taxed at this lower rate um, if it's available. So definitely something to keep in mind. Now it doesn't change anything with self-employment income, anything like that. Self-employment tax is, is, is not affected by farm income average. So, um, but this, this can definitely help out if you're, if you're in your final year or two. So how would that work with uh, like land? Does that fall under more of the capital gains part of the yeah, law? Yeah, land would be a capital gains rate, which isn't a, isn't a terrible rate. It's um, generally about 15. Well, it actually could be 0% if you're under roughly that $75,000 taxable income number. It could actually be a 0% rate. Um, but, you know, most times land sales are going to be pretty significant, so you're going to be over that. So then it gets into about a 15 uh, to a 15% rate. Um, and then it can reach uh, um, a 20% rate once you're into the around $450,000 income. So, so it, bottom line, it's probably usually about a 15% federal rate. So it's lower than you know ordinary income grain sales typically, and it's and obviously land sales aren't subject to self-employment tax. Right. So would the uh, <clears throat> so you mentioned custom cutters in there, and they weren't that they, they can something like this wouldn't fall under their umbrella but for example let's say we have a customer that is a a a custom harvester they do some custom planting and some custom harvesting but they also farm and they have two different entities i think but anyway hypothetically they got two different entities one is eligible and one's not is that how it works correct yeah or if it was combined you really have to like allocate it you know with you know what are my expenses associated with the custom revenue and yeah so it's I mean, it may kind of makes sense, right? They're wanting to give the break to somebody that's actually subject to the whims of the prices and right. the yields, right? Right. Uh, versus just just kind of being hired to, to plant the crops. So. Right. Okay. Um, a couple other things that is that um, actually a landlord who crop shares. Um, so we're talking about crop share income. You know, the income is variable. A landlord who crop shares is eligible to use this farm income average, again, obviously if it would save them tax. So um, now the, the one thing is it has to be a written lease agreement. The IRS is pretty strict on that. It has to be a written lease agreement and the lease needs to be signed uh, prior to, you know, when, when any sort of significant tenant activities would start, you know, so in our area it might be, you know, to 
March 1st or whatever. So you can't like, hey, sign this lease, you know, retroactively. So again, even a landlord, again, who's crop sharing, we're not talking about cash rent, but a crop share landlord can benefit from farm income averaging as well. Okay. So. <clears throat> well, that's a good clarification because most people wouldn't think about that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't you don't think about it. Again, it's it just if you got a really big spike in income one year, it's something to think about. Is you're not you're not necessarily constrained to the tax rates and brackets that are in effect for 2018. You may be able to use the tax rates and brackets for the prior three years if you can follow these rules. So, so you can do this anytime you want to. Not necessarily if you're going out of business, but if you have a, a significant yep. year, you can just do it whenever you want. Correct. And some sometimes you do try to maybe spike your income it's, it's it can be a little hard but you know you could say hey i'm going to spike my income up um and you know just just because i know i'm losing a year right hey i've got a bracket that's, that's available right and it's going to fall off next year and i want to get my income taxed you know at a certain you know i like there's a 15 percent bracket still sitting there or there's a 25 percent bracket still sitting there and you know i'm in a higher bracket now you know because my farming operation is expanded what have you that you deliberately you know get your income up just to take advantage of that bracket before it goes away so it's a, it's an interesting way of thinking the other thing casey is your tax software will do this you know we obviously we use software uh, but the software you, you got to be careful because the software pretty much assumes if you're a farmer that you're never going to make another dollar in the future so it, it, it says hey don't you know don't do anything don't don't elect farm income averaging because it assumes you have no no carryover income, no future income. So there's definitely times where we look at it and say, hey, the software isn't really doing this right. You know, I could actually do a farm income elected. It actually doesn't change my tax one dollar. So you might say, why am I doing it? Right? If, if it doesn't change anything, but what it does is it leaves open more lower brackets, right? So in other words, if I'm going to get taxed at fifteen percent either way. Well, I might as well get taxed at 15% using the brackets from the past. That leaves more 15% bracket available in the current period for future. So you really want to make sure you talk to a tax professional on this and don't just rely on the tax software. Right. And then what what constitutes a farmer? Like how many how many how many dollars of cash receipts or whatever it is does it have? To- no, there's. I mean, there's really no. It's it's you know you've got to be engaged in it for profit you know there's some hobby rules and stuff but it's it's you know anybody that's really farming um, that's got grain sales is, is eligible yeah there's not a certain size you've obviously got to have profit to be able to, to elect to average it um, right but yeah it's it's it can be just a little bit of your you know you could have off farm income a lot of other income and, but if i've got a little schedule f that i'm doing um, that you know that's eligible um, that's eligible for farm income. So. Okay. All right, Glenn. Well, uh, anything else that you want to say before we shut it down here? No, I don't think so. Again, we'll we'll talk some more about some other other techniques and later later podcasts. But uh, definitely, you know, ask your ask your tax professional about hey, does it make sense to use farm income averaging, even if it doesn't change my tax at all in the current year, because mm-hmm. it might save money in the future. So. All right. That's the takeaway. All right, Glenn. Well, if guys want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Well, our phone number here at Heinold Bandworks is uh, 309-694-4251. Uh, you can look at our website, www.hbcpas.com, and check me out on Twitter at, at Glenn Bergbaum. All right, Glenn. Well, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man, so we'll talk to you next week.
Okay, Casey, good to talk with you. Thanks, Thanks. man.